let us get going. So today's daf, a good davach, today's daf is daf Lamed Ches, page 38 in the Heligam Meseches Ksubis. And we're going to pick up from the bottom of Lamed Zion Amad Beis. All right? We're going to pick up from Omar Rami Barcham. Bottom, bottom, bottom line. Lamed Zion Amad Beis. And we are going through various psukim that seem to be unnecessary because they're all bringing out the same idea, which is that um, if somebody's mechuy of misa, we don't say that you have the option to pay money in place of the execution. They all they all seem to be uh, bringing out that same idea. Okay, so we had a question. And the question was that, um, uh, uh, you know, let's go back one line. The Gemara had asked, Don't we learn out memela that there's a passage that says, If somebody's high of Misa, they cannot use money as kaifer as an atonement for themselves. Which teaches me, do not take money from them and make them putter from Misa. And therefore, we have another pasuk of kol cheirem, which is any person, that, that's the other pasuk who said, anybody who's in cheirem, anybody who's set aside for Misa, you're not allowed to be redeemed. So the, the Gemara's question right now is, what do I need kol cheirem for? Kol cheirem is telling me I cannot, get, I cannot give money if I'm chay of Misa, but I already learned it out from a sichu kaifer. So Gemara wants to know, why is it, what am I learning out from the word of kol cheirem? Okay, that was a lot of words to just say a very simple idea. I already know if you're high of me, so you can't pay out with money from a different pasuk of a sichu kaifer. Squatting the pasuk of kol That's the bottom line. So here we go. Amr Rabbi says, "I'll tell you why I need the words kol Here we go. Itzrich. So because I would have thought to say if I would have only had the words le sichu kaifer, I would have thought to say tapa today's daf." Hani mili, when do we say you cannot take money in place of somebody who's high of Misa? That's heicha deharagai derechaliyah. That's when the guy killed in a upward fashion. Now remember, we ended off on Erev Shabbos. What's unique about killing in an upward fashion? So the Gemara in Makkah teaches us, Okay? That if somebody were to kill unintentionally, they do in an upward motion... They do not get an atonement of going to Gulls. So I would say, where do we not say you could be redeemed with money? That's in an upward manner when Shogig, if you would kill unintentionally, you're not going to Gulls anyway. Let's say you kill in a downward motion, where if done unintentionally, you would go to Gulls. If done unintentionally, you would have the option for a Kapara. I would say, listen, in such a circumstance, let him pay his way out and don't obligate him a Misa when it's done Derech Yerida. Kamash Mulan, the Torah lets us know that no, even Derech, even the Derech Yerida, Kol Cherem is teaching me even Derech Yerida, payment is not going to work to get him out of execution. So again, if I would have only had the passing of Eisichu Kaifer, I would say when there's no Chiyah of Golas. But when there would be a Chiyah of Golas, fascinating, we just learned about Golas this morning, right? The Ir Miklat. If there would be a Chiyah of Golas, I would say that you could pay your way out. That's why it says Kol Cherem. So now I know why we need these two psukim. Okay. 
Amalei Rava. Rava says to Rami Barachama, one second, one second, one second. Rami Barachama, you're going to tell me I would have thought there's a difference between these two, and that's what Kocherim is teaching me, that even in a case where there would have been Golos, no. He says, That halacha of not being able to pay your way out of Golos is learned out from the base Medrash of Chizkiah. What do we learn in Chizkiah's base Medrash? The Torah of Chizkiah. We learned the base Medrash of Chizkiah. We compare somebody who kills a person to somebody who kills an animal or damages an animal and is obligated in money. Just like when somebody damages an animal, there's, we, we don't make a difference whether it was done b'shegeg or mezid. was done intentionally or unintentionally. Whether it was downward motion or upward motion. We're not going to say you're putter from money. In all these cases, you're obligated because of the general rule of when it comes to damages, Adam muad A person is always responsible in their monetary damages. So the it's teaching me afmake adam. So too, the same when you strike an animal, you're always obligated. Well, afmake adam. So too, when somebody kills a person, we don't make a difference between shogig and mezid. Between intentional or unintentional. Whether it was downward or upward. Now we know in other halachas there's obviously a difference. When it comes to monetary obligations, there, we're not going to make a discrepancy whether it was done unintentionally or unintentionally. The same way if I were to kill somebody intentionally. Do I pay money? No. Because I get executed. So too. That's consistent. If I kill somebody unintentionally, there's also consistent no money when done unintentional. And therefore, asks Rava on Rami Barachama, one second, Rami Barachama, I don't need a pasuk. I don't need the pasuk of, um, of kol cheirem to teach me there's no money when it's done in a downward fashion. I know there's no money because of Chizkiah's halacha. Chizkiah compares Make Adam to Make Behema. And they say by an animal, you're always obligated to pay money. So too by a human, if you were to kill a person, you never pay money. I don't need Kocherem to teach me that. I already know it from the connection of Make Adam, Make Behema. Make Adam, Make Behema, yeah. You understand? So we're back to our question, and that is... What is the Pasuk of Kol Cherem teaching me? I already know you can't buy your way out of an execution. That's what we're holding right now. Says the Gemara, that was a valid point. That cannot be the, the Limur of Kol Cherem. So what is it? El Rami Rather, Rami Rachama says, Itzrich, I still need the, I still need these uh, Psukim of like Sechu Kaifer and Kal Cherem. Why? She says like this. So, I would have thought to say, I would say that this halacha, where there's no monetary obligation, when there's a Chi of Misa, that is where you, you uh, blinded the guy's eye and then you killed him at the same time. Okay? So, what happened is like this. A guy takes his fist and he gives another yid a zets in the face. By the zets, what happened is first he punctures the guy's eyeball, blinding him. And then with the blow, he gives him a fatal concussion with that same blow. Okay? That same action. So it was one action. But what happened with that action is first there was eye damage. 
And then there was a death penalty that kicked in. Let's say it happened um, uh, uh, where first somebody made him blind. And then, and then killed him with a gun, we'll call it. So what happened is like this. In the first case, that same motion with the same fist made him blind and killed him. In the other case, at the same time, you blinded him and then shot him or stabbed him. I would say that maybe there would be a financial obligation because it was, even though it happened simultaneous, it was a separate action. Therefore, says the Gemara, says Rabbi Barachama, this is why I need two psukim. One pasuk telling me about simultaneous, that there's no monetary obligation, and the second pasuk is telling me that even with two actions simultaneously, also there, there's no obligation. Rava. Rava says, one second, that can't be a source either. That can't be what we're learning out either. Also from something that the yeshiva of Chizkiah taught us. An eye for an eye means, which is a monetary obligation, right? you pay an eye for an eye, that means you don't pay when there's an obligation of an eye and a life. So again, I already know from ayin tachasayin, the halacha that even if it was uh, a separate uh, a separate blow at the same time, there's not going to be a, a monetary obligation. So we're back to square one. What am I learning out from this extra pasuk of Kol Cherem? Elam Ravashi, rather Ravashi says, Itzrich, I'll tell you why I need the extra pasuk. So I would have thought to say, where do I say you know, there's no mamon when there's capital punishment? I would say, there's a chiddush when it comes to a knas. Yeah, it's a, it's a novel idea when it comes to a knas. Why? Because as we know, usual monetary payments are not novel ideas. You damage something, you pay for it. You break a window, you pay for it. When it comes to violating and seducing a nara, you already have to pay damages. You have to pay embarrassment. You got to pay medical bills. You got to pay loss of work. That's the compensation. In addition to all that, there's another 50 shekel silver piece that you need to pay to the father. That's a that's chiddush. It's a novel idea over here. And therefore, since it's a chiddush of knas, I would say, let me tell you something. Even if you're high of Misa, maybe a knas, you would have to pay. Regular monetary damages, maybe not. But a knas, a fine, which is, uh, the whole thing's a chiddush. Why are you paying in the first place? Maybe that still kicks in. Maybe I got to pay the 50 shekel uh, kasef. Even if there's a chiyav misa. Kamash Milan, therefore the extra pasuk. We'll call it of kol cheirem, or either, whichever one is extra, teaches us that even when it comes to a knas, you don't pay a knas when there's a chiyav misa. So not only don't you pay a chiyav mamon, a real financial obligation when, a, when there's a capital punishment, you even don't pay additional novel fines when it comes to capital punishment. Says the Gemara, Ularab, Adam, according to Rabbi, says, Chidashusha, Chidshatari, Beknas, Afagav, Demekdomeshalim. According to Rabbi, he says actually that you do pay a fine when there's capital punishment, so we still have a question. If you're going to hold, there's still a fine by capital punishment. Hi, Kolcherim, my overlay. What does he do with this verse of Kolcherim? If it's the source to tell me you don't, why is he telling me you do? 
Answer the Gemara, last step before the Mishnah. He holds like the Tanakama of Hananya ben Akava, right? Who says that any person at all who is, uh, who is Mechoyev uh, Misa, and somebody else walks over to them, and he uh, I'm sorry, doesn't have to walk over, but somebody points to the person who's being carried out to the gallows and says, hey, I'm, I'm dedicating Erechin, the value of that guy, to the Beis HaMikdash. The Tanakama had taught us that um, there's not going to be any obligation. You don't need to pay anything, because this guy, Lamaisa, practically speaking, has no value on the market. And that's what he's going to learn out from Kol Cherem. If anybody goes and makes an Erechin vow about a guy who's already paskined on for Misa, there's not going to be a monetary obligation. Okay, beautiful. We have that clear. So bottom line, what are we learning out from Kol Cherem? Either we're learning out that even by a Knas, you don't pay that when there's capital punishment. And according to Rabbah, we're learning out that if somebody makes a Erechin vow, on someone who's been paskined, who's been ruled for Misa, also, there's not going to be a monetary obligation. Beautiful. Okay, period. Next, Mishnah. Here we go. Fascinating, fascinating Mishnah. And uh, it's going to take us through till tomorrow's da. Fascinating conversation. Let's get into this. Zog the Mishnah. Nara shenes arsa v'nezgasha. Listen closely to the case. You have a Nara, so that means we're assuming right now she's between the age and twelve of 12 and 12 and 6 months. She had Arisin. So a male, a man acquired her, and then Nizgarsha, she was divorced. So you have a 12-year-old girl, call her 12 years old and a month. She had Arisin. Could she still be a Basula? Yeah, she could still be a basula. Vinez Garsha, she gets divorced a day later from the guy. They never moved in together. The next day, somebody goes and violates her. Somebody's ma'anisir, her. What happens there? The fact that she had Arisim prior, does that get in our way? So let's see. Let's see. Before we even read the Mishnah, let's look at our original uh, Pasuk for the whole parak of Elunaris. What was our introduction to Elunaris? So if we recall, the Torah, had, uh, the Torah had told us that when somebody finds a Nara Basula, somebody finds a Nara Basula, Loi Airasa, who did not have Arison, and he takes her and he lies with her, he has to pay the father of this girl, Chamishim Kesef, and marry her. And he's never permitted to divorce her if she doesn't want to be. Okay? Now it says in the Pasuk, what do we just read? Asher Rasa. She didn't have Arison. Now does this mean she's currently not in the state of Arison? Does it mean she never had Arison? What does it mean when the Pasuk says, Asher loy Eirasa. That's going to be the focus of our Mishnah. So here we go. This Nara had Arisin, and then now she's divorced. So Rabbi Aglili says, Ein la knas. There is not going to be a knas here. You don't receive the fine. That's it. The Gemara will explain why. But obviously we already know. 
How is he going to understand Asher Loi Eirasa? She never had Eirasim. That's what he's going to say, okay? Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says no. She currently receives a knas. Now what would be his logic? Because there's not currently Eirasim. And Rabbi Akiva says something else fascinating that we'll get to in the Gemara. And that is, by the way, Uknasa La'atzma. See, in our Pusik, it says, who gets the fine? The father. Rabbi Akiva is telling us, if she already had Erisim, and then she's divorced, she gets a, there's a knas, and guess who gets it? Her, not her father. We'll see the source for that as well. Okay? Let's, let's get this clear. What does the Mishra say? Anara had Erisim, so she could still be a basula, then she's violated. Rabbi Yaisi says, no more fine. No more fine. It says in the Torah, Lo Yerasa. Rabbi Kiva says, no, no, no. As long as she's currently not a Rasa at the time of violation, she's fine. There is a Knas, but guess what? It ain't, going to, it ain't going to her old man. It's going to her. Okay. Says the Gemara. Let's get into this. My time with Rabbi Yisraeli. What's Rabbi Yisraeli? That she doesn't receive a Knas anymore. Amar Krah. The Pusik says, as we explained, that only, you only pay a Knas to a woman that didn't have Arison. Ha'erasa. Over here, she had Arison. Aim a knas, and therefore she doesn't receive a knas. That's a basically his way that he reads the verse. Hence, no fine. Rebbe Kiva says, no. Asher lo irasa la'avia. Asher lo means, fascinating, means if she's never been irasa, then her father gets the knas. And this is going to explain both points of Rebbe Akiva. Why there's a knas, and she gets it. Ha'irasa, what's his drasha of la'irasa? Let's say she did have Arison. Not that there's no knas at all. There's still a knas. But guess what? It doesn't go to her father. La'atzma, it goes to herself. You hear this? According to Rabbi Akiva, and we're going we're gonna to challenge this and go back and forth now for a little bit to challenge Rabbi Akiva's view or try to support it and see where he's coming from. Rabbi Akiva says, when it says that it hasn't been Irasa, it means... She's not currently Arison. There's still a knas, and it goes to her. All right. Now, we would have said, maybe it means she doesn't get anything. So they keep it, no, no, no. It doesn't mean she doesn't get anything. She gets it, but it goes, all right. Says the Gemara, one second. Elameyata, when the Pusuk says, Nara, only a, a Nara receives a fine. Are you, what does that mean? Veloy by Geras. Let's say somebody's Ma'anis or Mafate, a 15-year-old. Are you going to tell me there's a knas? Is there a knas? No. But according to Rabbi Kiva's approach on this Pasuk, why don't we say, ask the Gemara, if let, it says you give a, a, a Nara a knas, and if she's 15, you know we should say? Oh, Rabbi Akiva, you also get a knas, but it goes to her. According to the way you're reading the Pasuk, right, you're going to tell me Nara, we know Nara means Veloy by Geras. Oh, by Geras does not get it at all. So why? why? You, Rabbi Akiva, you should say that a Bulgaris gets a fine, Except it doesn't go to the father, it goes to her. Bisula, and the same thing we'll say. Who do you pay a, a fine to? A virgin. Let me ask you a question we say to Rabbi Akiva. What happens if she's a non-virgin? We know the halach is, there's no knas. But according to you, Rabbi Akiva, you should say, a baula gets a, gets a knas and it goes to her and not her father. The way you're dashing the Pasuk, according to you, there's a lot of circumstances where there should be, and we know it's not true. Over here, Bakiva says it goes to her. We know for sure that what it means is that only when you're a Nara who's a Basula, 
you get a knas. Otherwise, there's no knas at all. So we're asking Rabbi Akiva, I don't understand. Hachanami Lagamri. Rabbi Akiva, according to you, if it says Asher Loya Rasa, there shouldn't be a fine. Don't tell me it means, oh, there's a fine, but it goes to her. No, it means there shouldn't be a fine. The same way if she's not a Nara, there's no fine. If she's not a Sula, there's no fine. Over here, there's no fine. A good Tikasha, right? Clear? Answers the Gemara, no. Amar Lach Rabbi Akiva, Akiva can respond like this. When we say I want to tell you It cannot mean that if she was There's no knas at all It's not possible to read it like that And I'll tell you why says Akiva. Listen to this Because we learned in Ebrisa This woman Was Never had a resin This excludes a nara who had Arison and got divorced, She'ein lo knas, there's no fine. Not like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, ready for this? Yesh lo knas, she receives a knas, uknasolavia, and the fine goes to who? It goes to her father. Anybody jumping out of their chair yet? Blatant contradiction. Right? What did Rabbi Akiva say in our Mishnah? There's a knas and it goes to her. This other Brisa says, Rabbi Kiva says, there's a knas and it goes to her father. And, and logic says that this should be the halacha. Since by a regular nara, if somebody walks over to 12, year old, 12 years and one month old girl, and he marries her. Guess what? Her father's going to get that money. So too, her father should get the Kanas money. And just like by the money of Kedushin, even though, even if she already had a previous Arison and Kedushin, and then as a Nara, she gets married again, the money's going to go to the father. It also goes to the father. So one second. If we're saying there's a Kanas when she wasn't she didn't have Arison, so why does the Pasuk say Asher Le'erasa? This is where Bakiva is going to tell us what he's learning out from the Pasuk. What is Asher Le'erasa teaching me? Listen to this. Mufne, it's actually extra. It's, it's open and available to Darshan. Because the Torah expects us to make Xerashava from the words of Asher Le'erasa. So what drush am I going to make? It says when somebody's Ma'anis a girl. You pay a fine if she didn't have Arison. And it also says elsewhere, that she didn't have Arison. Now elsewhere is referring to pitoy, to mafate, when somebody seduced. Okay, so it says Asher Rasa by Oynes, when she was violated, completely against her will. And it says also by mafate, when she seduced. What do we learn from there? When she's ma'anes, it's 50 silver shkalim. So to it's 50. So we're learning the amounts and the type of coins. And therefore, says the Gemara, to answer our question, before we get to the, to the elephant in the room of the contradiction, Rabbi Akiva, but we want to say, Rabbi Akiva, what are you learning out from Asher Lo'ayrasa? If it's not teaching me to uh, you know to completely exclude from knas, you can tell me there's still a knas. Well, the sherlei rasa. So Bikiva's learning out from a sherlei rasa to teach me the amount of fine when she's seduced, and also the type of money, the weight of the silver when she's seduced. 
All right. Now let's deal. I'm sorry. Says the Gemara of Rabbi Akiva. According to Rabbi Akiva, my chazus da'asher lo'eros le'gzir shava u'besula mute be'ula. Why is he use the pasuk of asher lo'eros to make this gzir shava, telling us the amount u'besula mute be'ula? And yet, when it comes to the word besula, it's completely coming to exclude a be'ula from the knas. How does he know to use asher lo'eros for the gzir shava as opposed to using it to teach me there's no knas at all? Top of Amud Beis says the Gemara. You're right. Says the Gemara, one second. I already know the words of Nara Basul. This is going back to Daf Chavtes, the beginning of our Perak, where it said that only if she's a Nara, who's a Basula, does she receive a Knas. So I already used up the Pasuk of Nara and the Pasuk of Besula. So what verse do I have left to teach me the Gzereshava of the amount and the type of coins? Asher lo'e rasa. Says the Gemara, just the opposite. Adarab. Besula l'Gzereshava. Let's use Besula. That seems to be extra to make Gzereshava. Asher lo'e Asher lo'e rasa. Because I could already use the Pasuk of Asher lo'e rasa to teach me the other Limla. So either way, ask the Gemara, you're just playing games here. I, I, why are you choosing one for the main idea and the other one for Gzereshava? You could just switch it around. Says Igmar, no, we're using logic here. Mistavra ha ishtani gufa vaha loy ishtani gufa. It makes sense to say that a um, a girl, a nara, who had erisin is still going to receive a knas, while a woman who's not a basula won't receive a knas. And I'll tell you why. Because when a baula, when a basula becomes a baula, there's a change in the body. And therefore, at the time of the actual, we'll call it ma'anes, at the time of the actual violation, the, she was already a baula. Her body had actually changed. However, when a girl had arisen and then got divorced, is her body any different? No, because she never moved in with her husband. She's still a basula. Her body didn't change at all. And therefore, it makes more sense to say there's still going to be a knas by a... There's still going to be a fine by the girl who had erisin. It's just going to go to her. Maybe the bazula gets no, because her body changed. So there's less of a logic to say that there's still a fine. So if we're going to give me one case... Where we're going to make Xerashava to tell me there's still a fine and she gets it, it's going to be the case of the girl who's still a basula. And who's still the basula? This girl who had Arison and that got divorced. She still has the body of a virgin, she still receives the knas. Okay. Fine. We still haven't gotten to the elephant in the room, which is Rabbi Akiva and our Mishnah telling us she re- the, there's a knas and it goes to her, and Rabbi Akiva and the Brisa saying there's a knas and it goes to her father with all the logic that it came along with. We still haven't gotten there. We're almost there. Let's hold our horses for a moment and clarify something else. Rabbi Yaisiyag Lili was arguing on Rabbi Akiva and the Brisa. Says the Gemara, for Rabbi Yaisiyag Lili, according to Rabbi Yaisiyag Lili, hai svara menale. He argued on Rabbi Akiva of what you learn out from Asher Irasa. He said, there's actually not going to be a fine. Well, Rabbi Akiva said, Asher Rasa is now coming to teach me Gzereshava. 
Ma'anes mefate. You pay fifty shkolim. According to Beis Yaglili, how does he know that you pay fifty shkolim? Because he's not agreeing with how the Gzeir Shava came about. He says a Sherla means if you had Erison, you don't get a Knas at all. So it's not extra words. It's teaching me there's no Knas. If it's teaching me there's no Knas, how does he know 50 shekel by seduction? Answers the Gemara, Nafkalei Midetanya. Basically, he has a different source. Brysa says, Kesef, quotes the Torah, quotes the Pasuk, Kesef Yishkoil, Kemayar Abbasulas. When somebody's Mefata, when somebody seduces a girl, how much do you have to pay? Kesef Yishkol, you weigh out your silver, Kemayar Habasulis, the same amount of money that's paid to a Basula. When you seduce a girl, it's the same as Mayar Abbasulis. Mayar Abbasulis, because they go hand in hand. So the same way when you're Ma'ane Sabasula, it's 50 silver shkalim. So too, when you're Mefata, it's 50 silver shkalim. That's a basically this point. So bottom line, how do we know the amount that you pay and how much do you pay? Rabbi Akiva agree. It's going to be 50 silver shkalim by, by seduction, by pitoy. How do, how do they know that though? Rabbi Akiva is going to learn it out from Kesef Yeshkoil and Rabbi Akiva is going to, allow, going to learn it out from Xerah Shava of Asher Lo Rasa. Okay. Now we're going to tackle the elephant and here we go. Kasha de Rabbi Akiva ad Rabbi Akiva. At the same time, we're trying to prove what Rabbi Akiva does with the verse. We said a blatant contradiction. When there was Arison and then she's divorced, there's a fine in Rabbi Akiva's opinion. We got it. Who gets it? Our Mishnah said, she gets it. The bride says, her father gets it. Ask the Gemara, Kasha Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva. Contradiction in Rabbi Akiva. Answers the Gemara. Machoi, guess what Rabbi Akiva said. One Mishnah had one student of Rabbi Akiva quoting him. And the Brisa had a different student of Rabbi Akiva quoting him. Okay. So Rabbi Akiva is now quoted to say two different things. Now we don't know who's right yet. Our Mishnah said, according to Rabbi Akiva, there's a knas. And who gets it hurt? According to Brisa, a different student quoted the Brisa. There's a knas. And who gets it? Her old man. Which one is more sensible to say is Rabbi Akiva's opinion? So here we go. Says the Gemara, let's get this clear. Bishlama, it's understandable, Rabbi Akiva Demasnisen, Rabbi Akiva's opinion in our Mishnah saying that she receives the knas. That's logical. Why? Because like Asya Gezer Shava, a Gezer Shava is not going to come You never have a Gzera Shava that comes and completely uproots a simple meaning of a verse. If you have a direct verse telling me something that's pretty straight up, you're not going to tell me a Gzera Shava could come along and uproot it. Okay? Now, where's our Pasuk? The Pasuk we quoted. What did it say in the Torah again? Who receives a knas? Who receives a fine? Anara besula, asher loy airasa. Who did not have arisen? Who did not have arisen? What does it seem? If there is arisen, does the father get the knas? No. All right. 
So according to the way the Mishnah is reading Rabbi Akiva, when it says, Asher rasa, does the Pasuk still make sense? Yeah. All it means is, there's no fine to the father, but there is a fine for her. Okay. So you could say, when it says, Asher rasa, it doesn't mean completely you're not going to get a kanas. It means it's not going to be a kanas in the normal way. We can get that. We can, we, we, we can tolerate reading that simple meaning of the Pasuk according to our Mishnah. Now, says the Gemara, but let's look at the Brisa. El Rabbi Akiva the Brisa. According to Rabbi Akiva in the Brisa, what did the Brisa say? There's a Knas, and who gets it? The father. How do you read the Pasuk now? What are you going to say? Anara Basula, Asher Rasa, didn't have Arizin, then there's a Knas. To who? The father? But you just told me, here there is Arison and it's going to the father. So the whole Pasa can't be read like that. The Xerashov is going to come and completely uproot what the verse says. The verse says, there's no Knas to the father if there was Arison. So to read it and say, oh, there's no Knas to the father, but to her yet. We could tolerate. But to say that there's no knas to the father, and then say Rabbi Kiva holds, the father does get it? Well, what just happened? You can't tolerate a reading of a Pusuk like that, where the Pusuk tells me he doesn't get it, and then the Xerashavah tells me he does get it? That doesn't make any sense. Understand? Let's chaz Let's get this clear. According to the Rabbi Kiva in our Mishnah, how are we reading the Pusuk? When there's no Arison, what happens? The father doesn't get it, but she gets it. Okay, fine. Got it. According to the Brysa, what's the Pesach say? When there's no Arison, the father doesn't get it. Comes along the Xerashavah to teach me, the father does get it. The Pesach said doesn't. You're going to use Xerashavah to contradict the very simple reading of the words? We don't like that. So we have a question now on the one who quoted Rabbi Akiva in the Brisa to say the father gets it. Says the Gemara, Amr Abnachmar Yitzchak, Abnachmar Yitzchak says, Kari Bey Asher Loi Arusa. This is how we really read the Mishnah. He says like this, when Rabbi Akiva says there's a kanas to her, it's, he doesn't really read it. You know, there's no kanas to the father, but there is a kanas to her. You know how Rabbi Akiva really reads the Pasuk? Ready for this? She's not, she, she wasn't in Arusa at the time of the violation. That's all you need. Meaning like this. When somebody goes and he's Ma'ani's a girl, Asher Loi Arusa, who's not currently in Arison, then you don't pay. But let's say she had Arison. Could the father still get it? Yeah. That's how the one who reads the price is going to say it. Says the Gemara, one second. How can you read the Pasuk like that? So There's going to be such a knock-in question. Incredible. Ready for this? Says the Gemara, one second. Arusa baskilahi. If she's in Arusa at the time of the adultery, so then there's skila. So Gemara says, no, 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 no. We're not dealing with that. I would have thought there is a knas. Says the Gemara, one second. He must hold of Rabbi Akiva in our Mishnah that it means it doesn't go to the father, but it goes to her. In other words, in a Hanami, he's not going to read it with the Rabbi Akiva of the Brisa.
period. Okay, let's just do a quick brisa to wrap up this idea, and then we're going to come on to another uh, another angle. It says the rabbis learned so shall we knasolami who gets the uh, who ultimately receives the knas. Now this is Rashi says is a very simple question. In general, who receives the knas? La Some people say it's the father of Yeshayim La Atzma. Goes to her. Says the Gemara, but what did it say in the Pasuk? Venosan la Vianara, right? This is a basic question. What happens in general when somebody violates a girl? Who got the knas? Machlaikis. Some say her, say her father. Says the Gemara, the Torah says it's her father. La Atzma Amai. Why would she get it? The Torah says the father gets it. Because we're dealing a case in the Brisa where there was Erisin and Nesuin, beautiful. And the Erisin and then Gerishin, right? She had Erisin, then she got divorced. The and there's Machlaikas here, what Rabbi Kiva held. Is it like Rabbi Kiva in the Mishnah who says she gets it if she already had Erisin? Or like Rabbi Kiva in the Brisa who says that the father gets it if there was Erisin? Okay. Period. End of that uh, back and forth about Rabbi Akiva's opinion. All right. Now, let's get into a, um, a new topic. And uh, this topic is going to take us a little bit down onto tomorrow's daf. So let's get there. Let's get a little bit onto daf, uh, daf Lamites, all right? Fascinating, um, fascinating conversation. We actually touched on this a little bit earlier in the parak when we discussed the source of a father not receiving the knas if the daughter passed away, the girl who was violated passed away before Bezdin gave a ruling. We said if Bezdin didn't yet, if Bezdin didn't give a ruling yet, and then she passes away, there's no knas. Okay, because he has to be the Avi Hanara. She has to be alive at the time of the ruling. So here we go. Omar Abaye, Abaye says, Ba Aleha Umesa. Somebody violated a Nara Basula and then she passed away before any sort of ruling was given. The Alacha is Potter. There's not going to be a fine any longer a 50 silver skullum. Why? Shanamraka says in the Pasuk, Vinasan la Avihanara, Vilailavi Mesa. Who does you who do you pay the fine to? The father of the Nara, and not the father of the Mesa, the girl who passed away. Okay. That is Abaye's statement. Abaye seems to take this to the bank. Abaye says, listen, Avihanara means she's got to be alive. Okay, says the Gemara, you should know. Something that Abaye takes for granted. Rava was unsure about. Classic, Abaye and Rava, right? Two different views. That's how we get clarity. That's how we come to the Emmas. So Abaye made it clear. She can't be dead. Rava was in doubt about this. Why? The boy Rava. Rava asked the Shaila. Yesh beger bekever oyein Beger Vikever. Okay? If a girl is a Nara, she passes away. Listen to this. She passes away. She was 12 and 3 months. Alright? Now, 
It's four months later. If she would be alive, she would be 12 and 7 months. All right? Do we say we view her age, even though she passed away, as if she's attaining that same age or not? Okay. Now, what's the nafkamina? Who's going to care? But we'll see in a moment. But again, Rava's not sure whether if a girl, a young woman passes away under the age of Bagrus, under the age of reaching full adulthood, is it considered like she now reached full adulthood in her passing? Now, who cares? Says the Gemara like this. This is fascinating. Yesh beger bekever. Do we say that even though she passed away, her age continues? She becomes a begeres. And therefore, if let's say she were to have a son, which we're going to question how this is possible, okay? But let's say she were to have a son who technically, if there was a son, would inherit the mother. All right? So now, if there would be a son, so now let them go to court and the son would inherit the fine. You hear this? The son would inherit the fine. Fine. Oidoma, or maybe. Now, why, why would a son inherit? So the Pasuk says in general, the father gets it. There's an interesting halacha. We're going to see the beginning of the next parak. We'll see at the, the end of this week. There's an interesting halacha that um, if uh, the father only receives the knas if she's in a state of naras at the time of the ruling. If let's say she already became a bagaris, let's say she was violated at the age of 12 and three months, but Bezdin only gave a ruling when she was 16, that the guy has to pay a knas, she actually would get the money. Now, if she would actually get the money, if she's dead, who's gonna get it? The kids, all right? So now if we say, here's where it's fascinating. If we say she became a Bagaris in the grave and then Bezdin gave a ruling that the guy violated her. So who's going to receive the knas? Her child. If there would be a son. Because it would have gone to her as a Bagaris. Now it's going to go to her child. Yeah, this is amazing. Aidoma, we'll see if this is possible again for her to have a kid. Aidoma, or maybe Ain Beggar Bekever. Do we say that if she passed away at the age of 12 and three months, and now there's a ruling four months later, she's not a Baigeres, and the father can still receive the knas because she, she always remains in her state of naras. This is Rava's Shaila. Fascinating Shaila. Beyond fascinating. When somebody passes away, do they keep the status of whatever age they were at? Or not? Do we now consider them older in this world? And she became a begeres in the kever. And a practical difference in these circumstances is if she passed away as, as a nara, she's always a nara and the father would get it. If she passed away as a nara and we say that she could become a begeres in the grave... The father is not necessarily, the, the, the father is not going to get it. It's going to go to her son. All right? Now says the Gemara to challenge Rava Shaila, 
And obviously, Rava made sense in his question. I mean, we have to assume that now, but let's clarify his question. Says the Gemara, Umi Ma'abra? I don't understand. How could she have a kid when she was a Nara? How'd she become pregnant? Vatani Ravbi become Eder of Nachman. Ravbi taught in front of Nachman, Shalish Nashim Misham Shaysh There's three women who should use birth control, should use protection because of safety, Eluhain. And these are Kitana, a Kitana, a minor, Uma Uberis, a woman who's pregnant. Okay, we'll see why in a moment. Umenika, a woman who's nursing. Now, why should these three categories of women use birth control, use protection? It says the Gemara, Kitana, Shemetasaber Vatamas. A Kitana, it's too dangerous for her to become pregnant. She could die as, uh, because of her pregnancy. Okay? Now, what about a woman who's pregnant? So either there's a whole conversation in the Pnei Yeshua, whether there was a different scientific reality back then, whatever it was, Muberes, if she was pregnant, Shemati Asa Ubara Sandal. There was an issue, there was a concern, she could become pregnant while she's pregnant. And therefore, the, the child that's already inside of her can get squashed. And it could uh, physically impact them. So therefore, also, there has to be protection. Menika, a woman who's nursing, because the child needs her to nurse if she becomes pregnant with another child. The, the milk will dry up. And therefore, her older child who needs the nutrition is going to lose out on that nutrition. Okay. Fine. Now, so these three women should be Meshamesh B'Maich. They should use some sort of protection. Who's considered a minor that's dangerous to conceive? From the age of 11 years and one day to 12 years and one day. If she's younger than 11 and a day or older than 12 and a day, then there's no concern. You know why? Do your own thing. Do your own thing. There's no concern at all. Now Rashi explains why. Because if she's younger than 11, she can't become pregnant anyway. And if she's older, nothing's going to happen to her if she becomes pregnant. Her body is strong enough to handle the pregnancy. No matter what, any married woman... Go about your business. Don't be concerned. Whether you're pregnant, whether you're nursing, whether you're young, it doesn't matter. Why? The Torah will take care of the person. Hashem takes care of those who are innocent, those who are simple. Okay? It's a conversation in and of itself. What it means, Hashem. But over here, what the Chum are saying is, it's not enough of a risk. For anybody to drive themselves crazy. Do what's normal. Take care of your business. You're fine. Chill. Relax. Everybody's going to be okay. Now, let's keep understanding this brysa. It's a fascinating brysa. What do you mean? What did Rava mean when he said, if she has a child, I'm, I'm not sure whether she became a Bagaris in the grave or not. One second. If you're going to tell me where what happened was she became pregnant at the age of 12 years old and a day. And she had this baby. 
when she was, you know, less than six months later, and then she died. I don't understand. A baby is not born within six months. And you have a maximum of six months to change from Nara to Vigeris. The amount of time it takes to go from Nara to Vigeris, you're not conceiving and giving birth. And if you're going uh, to tell me that really it just means a Nara cannot be for less than six months. There could be a stage of Nara to take place longer. Let's say she didn't develop her physical signs of maturity. She could be a Nara for up to a year. Ha'elokamar Shmuel said only six months, so it's not possible to understand Rava's question like this. Says the Gemara to wrap up this idea, and we'll hold it here for this evening. Ella hachikami boile. This is Rava's shaila. Let's clarify Rava's shaila. Here's the shaila. Yesh beger bekever upakaav. Do we say that even though she passed away, we'll call it the age of twelve and three months, and now? It's four months later. She's past the stage of Naras. Do we say that now she's considered a Baigeres and therefore the father's right to receiving the Knas has, is gone? If there's a fine, the father will not get it. Or maybe or maybe she retains her constant state of Naras from whenever she died and therefore the father's right to, a, to receive the fine if Bezdin Paskins is going to get it. The father will receive the Knas. Now keep in mind, Let's go back to the beginning. According to Abaye, if she's dead, is there ever a knas? No. But Rava here is asking a shaila whether you become a Vigeris in the grave. This is all based off of the assumption that a dead girl, the father can still receive the knas. And his whole shaila is age. He learned the question... Does Misa bring about Bagras or does Misa not bring about Bagras? Okay, in other words, he's more concerned about uh, the, the Bagras or the, uh, the, as opposed to the previous one, he's more concerned about the stage of Naras, to which the Gemara says, Teku. Okay, Teku means we're unsure, or Rava at least left off unsure as to whether there's Bagras in the grave or not. Period. We'll hold it here for this evening. End of the Shiloh. Bottom line is, Abai says clear. There's no fine for a girl who passed away. Rava says, I'm not sure about that. And another layer to being unsure about when she passed away is if there's a ruling later on after she's Anara, who's going to get it? Is it still going to go to the father because she stays in a constant state of Anaras because she passed away at that age? Or is the father not going to get it? And perhaps it'll, it'll uh, even go to a uh, different relative, whoever, whoever, however that possibility can be attained. Okay, Bajan will pick up from Boimine Rava Meyabaye tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody. Good to